0: Everyone I know is grown up. Real jobs and contracts and corny wine puns on Facebook. Children I remember, awkward and gangly, have children, the last names of their husbands. I stare in bewilderment because their faces have never changed, never aged in my eyes. So young to begin preparing to die. I imagine myself in passing whispers, enigmatic as they are to me. Yeah, I think she moved to the city. Got tattoos and a couple of piercings, broke up with the boy she was supposed to marry, didn't finish college, and writes poetry. She has made a living of trying to answer rhetorical questions. She turned brown and queer and angry. I know. Sad, really. Hi, this is Ian. Hi, this is Jackie.
1: And this is In Theory Unpacking the Politics of Petty. <laughs> Yay. We're actually in our old studio, so we're probably going to have a couple appearances from our old our co-host, friend. Yeah. Uh, New York Sounds. <laughs> New York Sounds. Um, so, uh, yeah. All right, Jackie, go in. Oh, also, just so you know, podcast audience, we've had some feedback um, from all of you, and we love you very much for that. And uh, we've decided that we're going to try to keep these episodes to like a 30 to 45 area. Yes. So we're going to try to not be as extra as we are. And um, we're gonna hope that that works Yeah,
0: we're gonna try to consolidate our extra-ness Good luck (laughs) Alright, let's see how that goes, right? Um, My chapped ass So my chapped ass for this week I think it's less of a chapped ass And just more of Something that I'm working through, so to speak I'm kind of really I posted about this on Instagram the other day On my story Just this concept of Not seeing people evolve in their ways of thinking, particularly people who, and I think it's more disappointing for me when I see it coming from people that, uh, that helped me evolve my ways of thinking, right? Mm. So you continue to learn and you continue to inform yourself and you continue to get new information and you can kind of like feel your, you know, thought process evolving and changing, but then the people, people that you looked up to and that taught you things, don't necessarily continue to evolve. And I think that speaks a lot to something that we talk about frequently on this podcast of ours is this idea of, like, what is the purpose of public displays of, like, consciousness, so to speak, Mm. right? Are we trying to make it profitable in that way, staying in the same place that we've always been because that's what we're known for and, you know, any change might alienate an audience or you know, make them drift away because they can't relate to it anymore. Or are we like actively understanding that this is a way of existing? And it's, it's less about like, you know, claiming it for yourself as like who you are and more so just acknowledging your, like how malleable you're able to be and how much you're able to kind of like absorb new information and like really process it and like, you know, unlearn things that were taught to you. Mm -hmm. Um, so, that's something that I'm really working through this week, and then, all, like, in like tied to that, and, you know, coupled with that, basically, is just this idea of, like, but why? <laughs> just tell me why.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know that I have a conclusion for that. No, it's just I more, mean, to, yeah. to
1: me, I'm, I'm relating this a lot to, I mean, not only the many conversations that we've had on this podcast and outside of it, but also... Um, looking at our nation right now and kind of understanding the ways that we are unlearning sort of this idolatry of the presidency and what that means and like specifically also thinking about you know like fucking irrelevant until last Tuesday Kathy Griffin who Ah! you know (laughs) who is apologizing for an act of like political comedic you know resistance you know while I definitely don't think that Kathy Griffin is anyway like a political resistor or anything like that, like that image is definitely what that is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like it is supposed to in- be inflammatory. It is supposed right. to be reflective of the nation's feelings toward this man. And yet, as soon as like we are actually confronted with an image that we just like, we suddenly like get all up in arms about it, and it's like. The rest of us were kind of like, well, bitch, ain't we been saying this for a minute? Like, who cares? Right. Like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, I'm just like, like, he has incited so much violence in just six months alone. Right. And we're sitting here acting like we would be sad if he was dead. I'm not. I'm not sad about that. That right. does not, I, that no does means. That does not, like, that does not wrinkle my blankets. I'm just not, I'm not <laughs> bothered by what you, I'm not bothered by that idea. Yeah. Like, so it's just it's it's very and and the many white liberals who have come out just like so outraged in her behavior and I'm like bitch since when since the fuck when right like since the fuck when right. hello sirens good to hear from you right exactly we were, we were starting to get we're worried t- I'm coming to you next bitches like no I just, <laughs> um. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. Who cares in the And end? coupling and it's just, with that. It's also, just like, yeah. Unlearn it. Just unlearn oh. this idea that we have to idolize this president because we don't. Right. He's a monster. Right. And if we are pretending that he's doing anything other than that, we're being ridiculous.
0: Right. So yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what's your trapped ass? My trapped For ass today. is
1: um, something that <sighs> I just want to give out a reminder to the people uh, on the street That my body is not for your commentary, it is not for your observation, I am not on display, I am not in a museum. And if I am, then fucking pay me. But guess what, I'm not. So you don't get to just stare at me. You don't get to stare at me because you see more skin than they're used to on my body. You do not get to stare at me because you believe that somehow the clothes that I have placed on my body make my body irrelevant in some way. Or make it to where... It's just like, oh, well, you know, you suddenly have no perception of the world around you and you cannot see us staring at you because you are suddenly in a glass case that I have placed you in. Guess what? It's not fucking true. I don't care who you think I am. I don't care what you think about me. You do not get to comment. You do not get to look. You do not get to touch. You do not get to do anything at me because guess what? We are strangers. I don't know you and you need to leave me the fuck alone. That's all I have to really say about that. I'm sick of not being able to walk in the street. I'm sick of not feeling safe. I'm sick of feeling that if I don't beat this face to within an inch of its life, I won't be, like, passable just for the moment. And even then, I still get looks. But it's almost like if I'm just femme enough, I somehow pass this invisible bar to where people will no longer stare at me because they kind of just, like, glaze over me and all of a sudden I'm no longer, like, it's just like, oh, well, just another pretty girl right. or whatever. And I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of, like, because it all contributes to, like, this constant dysphoria that I have as a non-binary person of feeling that I have no interest in transitioning per se and yet I'm just like, what? Like, this this is so hard. It's so hard every day just to walk through the world and have, and, and, and be seen as, like, like, some kind of, like, Sarah Bartman bullshit where it's, like, just constant, like, people staring at me. And it's, like... And it's, like, I... I l- just literally walking to the studio today, I had so many different examples. It's, like, it's like they were all packed into one. All the different looks that you can get as a non-binary or trans person walking down the street. It was, like, I had the person who was, like... I had, like, the, the you know, blue-collar worker who was, you know, packing something into, the, into like, a car who, like openly is staring at me like he wants to eat me. And it's not in like a I'm I'm cruising you or even like there's just no, a different I feel attitude. You. No, absolutely. there's a there's a difference between like I'm very attracted to you and I'm looking at you so that you will notice me looking at you so that we can have a conversation. And I'm looking at you because I desire you and I will never let anyone fucking know that I desire you. And the only time that I would ever even recognize that I desired you would be in the in the darkest of dark places and you would have to be face down like whatever. It just it's it's fucking exhausting. And I, and I had, I had like the parents who were like pulling their child away from me. I had the, just the, the people who were like, like literally had people like who like, like bros who were like pulling their brothers like to the side like to let me pass by so that their brothers can get a look at me. And I'm just so sick of it. Like, it's summer, it's hot outside, right. or the sun is out, I get to let my body like run free, and you don't have any right to comment on that. And I know that cis women can relate to this, and I am not erasing them from that narrative in any way. Right, but it's also but like it's like not specific, the same
0: type of voyeurism by any means. This specific yeah.
1: experience mm-hmm. is so tiring and upsetting because it also comes with it doesn't just come with you know like I'm gonna get sexual comments thrown at me it comes with I'm gonna get sexual comments thrown at me I'm gonna get looks thrown at me I'm going to mm-hmm. get all I'm going to get you know I'm, I'm going to get like violence aggr- like aggressed towards me I like, like I had sanctimonious people looking at me like they were burning like throwing me right into hell and I just like I'm just so sick of it I just want to be left alone and yeah and i don't want this to go over an hour so i'm just gonna leave it there but um i feel you i'm sick of it and i'm really ready for um i'm just ready for this shit to change for something to change i'm ready for something to change i'm tired of seeing (sighs) yeah i'm just tired of it yeah Alrighty, boo. So you have this lovely piece that you shared with us called Corny Wine Puns. Why don't you tell the people a little about it?
0: Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wrote it a while ago, actually, and I came back to it um, for this episode today, like, in a very weird time in my life. And uh, it, I wrote it... Because I remember, like, seeing, I mean, obviously, like, Facebook people fall off after a while, like, according Mm. to, like, their real-life relevance to you, you know what I'm saying? Like, after a certain, like, a given amount of time. So I wrote this last year sometime when I was kind of just, like, looking through Facebook, or rather, I had, like seen a post from someone that I wasn't friends with because somebody that I was friends with had liked it or, like, whatever. And then I just kind of, like, fell down the rabbit hole of, like, finding people that I knew and being like, what the fuck? And, like, looking at all these people who I remember as kids, right? And, like, having grown up with them and seen them as children and, like, remembering them as classmates and things like that with kids. Not even just with kids. More than one kid multiple (laughs) children not like a child they had toddlers (laughs) they
1: had creatures right exactly they had a house full of creatures
0: a pack right a pack of creatures a pack of creatures and so and then like in keeping with that I was really forced to kind of reckon with like I mean not that it was like particularly hard for me but I think just like who I am as a person and like this is even reflected in my writing a lot I think is this idea of like time and the past and the present and what the future looks like, you know? And so for me, that was this moment where I had to, like, kind of place myself in this timeline and, like, examine the way that I was existing in that moment and being like, okay, I'm saying this about, like, these people that I knew, but simultaneously, like, how different am I from the person that they knew? And, like, in that way, how far removed am I from that world that I was, like, raised in, right? And all the things that I did to survive, and then, like, when I came out of that, being like, you know, and... It's so and like I'm saying that. Not that I'm like I. I don't know that that was, I don't know that that made sense. Like after the noise came out of my mouth. But yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm glad. But, so in that way, and then simultaneously, like I also this month I will have graduated high school five years ago, hmm. which is like not an incredibly long amount of time in comparison to a lot of people. But simultaneously, five years is it's
1: significant. A it's a milestone.
0: Exactly. So it's like significant especially in regards to the ways that you grow and like things that you experience and like what your plans were coming out, seeing how much that has shifted and changed. And so that's what I was thinking when I wrote that. And like, you know, I'm sitting, it, it, I think more than anything, it was just kind of like this weird sort of like punchline to me of like me sitting there and being like, wow, like this is so weird. I only can remember these people as kids like that. Da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, but also placing myself in what I know about these people to be fundamentally true. Placing myself in that position and, like, imagining what the conversations surrounding my existence are. And, like, it's not that, like, I'm, you know, losing sleep over this or anything, but I, it was just funny and, like, it was a funny thought that I had to myself when I wrote it and then simultaneously just really made me reflect on how different I am and how different my life is from what I it was and what I thought it was going to be at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting that you mentioned this because actually a couple uh, couple of days ago, I think. I don't even think it was a week ago or so. But um, my mom called me and told me that, uh, like, my first girlfriend, but, like, you know, we were pretty young, so I, I guess a lot of people don't count it as that, but I called right. her my first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom called me and said that she'd apparently become a heroin addict.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Right.
1: And it, And it was this very strange moment of you know, like, because I, because, like, you know, I went away to school and, like, because it's, like, it's interesting because it's, you know, where I first started when I was, like, in elementary school, I left there, I left that system and went to, you know, this art school where it's, like, I definitely have, like, the strongest connections there, and then I went to college in Illinois for four years, so it's, like, and then I moved to New York, and so I kind of am constantly feeling like there's no one who I've, like, really known my whole whole life you know and even some of those people it's like even when we were very close when we were younger we definitely like faded as far as Mm -hmm. friends and so it's it's like i don't see too many you know people like i i don't often like find those people from where i grew up you know because like the art school that i went to wasn't like we all came from the same neighborhood Mm -hmm. like it it attracted people from all over you know we had right yeah yeah was like so it was like a mini college in some way. So it's like we all came from different neighborhoods, from different, you know, school systems. Right. And so it's like there... It, it's just been very... Um, that thing of, like, looking back and, like, finding people who knew me back when and it, it's just... It's very interesting and it's very... Um, it's very strange. Uh, but... Um, I, was, I was actually... I'm also really grappling with this idea kind of of, you know, time and place and kind of what you... you said earlier I think off the podcast but like just um, it feels like almost these promises that we make like with who we are about where we will end up mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. You know? and I, I've, I've just today been really thinking about you know what promises I've made to myself and like where I want to like what I want to do and what I want to be you know and mm-hmm. and you know so much of it always goes back to you know I want to be a performer I want to be an actor and yet there are so many things that have happened to me as a person mm-hmm. that make that, even though I work a lot, working as a professional actor, working at the capacity that I have always dreamed of working, mm-hmm. seems really removed from me. You know, yeah. it's it's hard to go I to completely feel you. it's hard to go to an audition an audition when they're only asking for men and women. Yeah, and so I I think that there's it's just been. Um, I've been doing a lot of reckoning recently as far as, you know, what, what am I going to do with the rest of my life and who am I going to be and who will the people that knew me when see me as, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because like a lot of people are like, oh, you're, you're doing so well, you're doing so well. But it's like, but I'm like, but what am I doing? You know, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I hope that wasn't too much of a divergence. from what No, you're talking it's,
0: about. it's precisely, I think what I'm trying, what I'm getting at is that exact concept. No, it's not but a like, version.
1: But this idea of, you know, like, you know, like, in your piece, you know, this idea of, you know, I love, I love, love, love that you say, like, you know, she went off and she became brown and yeah. she became queer. And it's like all these different things that are so, that you really do feel like you've gone and become. And yet yeah. they've always been there. But they've always been there. They've always been there. They're always, exactly. there and they're always inherent to who you are. It's just like developing this language around what that is and naming that for yourself. And it's like, you know, I think that a lot of people... Can look to those different things and say, "Oh, like it's." I, I I'm a really bad judge of my own development because I feel like I, am because I'm always present in this body. I'm never really a, like none of the things that people say, like you know, oh my god, the glow up is so real and like you you changed <laughs> so much. Yeah, you know? I, I understand. Like I sometimes I also you. get a little offended at those some of those things because I'm like, bitch, were you did you just hate me this whole time and just let me know? <laughs> right, like, you're like, uh, like apparently I was just like shitty ass you know? person. Right, like, exactly. What, like what are we doing here? Right, and just the when people say that to me of you know oh, like you know you've you've grown so much from who you were and it's like I just have a very hard time knowing who that person was because it's like I've always been in here I've always been in this head like I've I've always known it doesn't feel like growing up to me doesn't feel like I'm changing per se it just feels like Everything that was already there is just coming to the forefront. It's
0: coming to the forefront and the surface and like, being yeah. presented. And Absolutely. yeah. Like there's new yeah. language
1: that I use to describe what I've always felt and what I've yeah. always believed. Like, I don't ever believe that I was like, oh, I don't believe in social justice. Like, it's just like, I just didn't know what the fuck but that meant. But I didn't have the
0: language surrounding that. I didn't that. have the Absolutely. language surrounding that. Yeah.
1: I didn't have, you know, like, I've always been, you know, genderqueer. I've always and you know, non binary. That's never been something I wasn't. I right. just didn't have the language for it. Yeah. And I. Have a, like I've always been very proudly black I just didn't have the language for it I didn't have the
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so it just it it feels very um. feels very strange to, um, to look at that past look at that present and then figure out what the future looks like
0: yeah that's kind of I think that's where I'm at right now also and then like seeing the ways in which people have changed and like seeing the things that it's like seeing people become in adulthood because also it's this thing of like when we see someone as an adult, Mm. and they do something that seems so outlandish, right, they do something that is perceived as, like, being, let's say, bad, Mm. right, just, like, in public consciousness in general, there's always this thing of, like, you can never, people try so hard, I think, to place themselves into what led up to that, and I, I, because I don't think that that ever happens, and so... Then seeing people that you knew in particular, I'm thinking, and it just got me thinking about a lot of things because it's also so bizarre. So many people that I graduated with have passed away since Mm. we graduated within Mm. that span of five years have died, which is just like bizarre as fuck to me. And then one in particular that I'm thinking of who, um, was on my bus and like lived in my, you know, in like the neighborhood that I lived in. like killed somebody like literally murdered someone and they didn't know who did it forever and they figured out that it was him after the fact and I just remember I had this moment and David actually because they wrote an article on like the updating of his sentencing or like what they're doing etc etc and David sent it to me the other day and I placed myself in this moment of like realizing that I knew this person as a child right and like remembering that and being like And then also, uh, but then simultaneously looking at this person that I was looking at on my, like, on my phone. And it was just the most, I actually felt bad. And I think it was less for him, like, as a person. Because he was always, he was, like, always kind of, like, a bully kid. Like, you know, whatever. Regardless of that, I felt really bad. It was this, I don't know why. And I don't know that I have the language for why. But something about it just made me feel really fucked up. And I was like, damn. And... Yeah, it was weird, it's bizarre. Because also we can, like, look at that and laugh and be like, oh my god, everybody's getting married and having kids and, like, uh-uh, and then we have this other element where it's also like, yeah, but, like, in and those five years people died. And, like, people have done some really heinous things, and that's just, like, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it also relates all back to, like, you know, our episode about thinking it into existence, you know, and this... our own mortality and, and how... I think there, there's something very um, sacred about growing up. Yeah. Especially children. Um, I think children are some of the most magical, special things in the whole wide world. But actually.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> actually, though. And growing up, that time is so sacred. And sharing that time with someone is so sacred that it forms this kind of bond. You know, even if it's... Like, like the people... Like, I've had bullies who, like, tortured me in elementary school who then reached out and flirted to me later on.
0: Eh, you know? And then you're like, oh. And it's oh. like, and it's like,
1: and it's like, you know, the, like, obviously the petty side of me is like, ha, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the other side of me where, like, that's like, we grew up together and we, like, experienced so much together, even if a lot of what I was experiencing was at your hands. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just brings it in into so much clarity.
0: Yeah, clarity is the word. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's... it's Sometimes clarity is a little frightening. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, and it's funny, like, you know, like, my my high school feels much more like... The people from my high school feel much more like family than the people that I went to college with. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like... I, like... It, I also went to, like, a super special place. Like, I, I love my high school very, very much, you yeah. know? But it's, like, anyone who ever went to that school, like... And and throughout the generations of people who have attended that school, we all say this. It's, like, you know, if you meet someone who went to our school, there's just a language that... There's, like, no language barrier, regardless of the generation, regardless of... It's just, like, there's something about that place that just, like, there's a special sauce there. And it, <laughs> and it a yeah, and it, it is it is you know and we've had a, and like we obviously were a very small school like you know our <coughs> there were 250 people in the school in the 7th to 12th grade Jesus school Jesus Christ and my graduating class was like 50 people
0: my graduating class was legitimately like 300 people
1: yeah like yours and I thought yeah. ours
0: were small in comparison to like other places because we lived in one of the smallest places in New Jersey but like yeah, yeah our no, class we was 300 to, people like I
1: went to a very small school <laughs> a very small right and so and we've had a couple deaths you know and we have and and it's but it's like and all of those deaths like really shatter us like they just yeah yeah it's it's wild it's just it's wild to like
0: okay clearly the motorcycle engine is in agreement
1: yes it is wild actually (laughs) that's really it's really scary that that's what that was a little bit Because the person who I was talking about who died actually died in a motorcycle accident. Oh
0: my God, no!
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. So. Okay. Well. Hi, Zach. How's it going? (laughs) Um. Right. But yeah. So. uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the story. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Um, in relation, I think especially to the fact that I was saying I'm use I was brought back to this piece by this five year benchmark out of curiosity and depending on your level of comfort um answering this five years ago where did you think you would be now
1: oh wow okay five years ago would have meant that i was oh please god don't tell me that i was like my sophomore year of college please tell me that's not real i think that might be real
0: five years ago is 2012
1: oh my god yeah I was either finishing up my freshman year of college or I was finishing up... Or I was just beginning my sophomore year. That's fucking wild. Um, oh, well, at, no, at this... Actually, at this time, I, w- I actually know exactly what I was doing. I was doing a summer program that was, like, all P- POC. Whoa, wow, 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 That's so wild. Um, I thought that I was going to be on Broadway. Yeah. By, by... Or at least, like, very close to there. Like, I... Like, I... I've always... You know, I was always very secure in the fact that I was going to be, um, like. And I, I'm I apologize if this term has, is offensive. I've seen things about it, but I'm not really entirely clear on the politics of it. But like I was, I use I use it in the in the actor realm. But um, I was I thought that I was going to be living the life of a gypsy. You know, like I thought that I was going to be. You know. I, I just so knew that, that was, I, I thought I was gonna be a struggling artist I thought that I was going to be you know right. I knew that I was gonna be living in New York and I am um, I knew that I was going to be doing theater which I do um, but I thought that I was gonna be doing musical theater I thought that I was going to be I think probably like by the time by two years in I, th- I think that I probably thought that I would be Yeah, it's so funny. I just, th- I think that, like, I had such a clear idea of, like, what it would take. Like, I just, I knew, like, you know, okay, my life will be auditions, 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 auditions. One show or two a year, slowly, then maybe building up to more. And, and then I would, like, and then I would, like, you know, get my first show, and I'd be in the chorus, and then I'd work, stay, like, keep on working on Broadway, and that... It's like the life that I imagined for myself is such... It's in so many ways so much smaller than the life I'm living right now. Oh,
0: God. You know? Ah, that resonates with me so much. It's, but it is. Like <laughs> I it's, love that! It's, ah. it's,
1: it's so much smaller than the life I'm living now, and yet I also feel... But I also don't want to say that to be like, you know, oh, I, I feel totally fine with my where I'm at in my, my life. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think also... It's just that it, like, so it, it's small. so
0: expansive beyond what your imagination could have brought exactly. to you at that point. Exactly. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like,
1: I, it's kind of like the reason that I don't believe that we can ever, like, really know if there's a God or not, because I'm like, even if there was a God, I don't believe that we have the power to conceive what it will be, of what that being would be, you know? I think yeah. that, and I think that, like, the future is like that. It's like, it's so, it feels, like, it feel like, you know, my plan was so specific and it had nothing to do with reality, you know? It had everything to yeah. do with what I thought reality was like. And it has, and it has, and and it it actually has a lot to do with what many people's reality is. Like, there are many people who do do that, who are just like, audition, yes. audition, audition. It's very, like, you know, you have, like, a waiter job. That's what I thought I would have. I thought I would be a waiter. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I would be, you know, going to all of these auditions and all of these things. I thought that I would, you know... I I had no concept. I didn't know at that point, honestly, I had no concept of human activism.
0: Right. Mm Because I had not,
1: like, it wasn't until the next summer. It wasn't until this time next year that I, and, like, a couple weeks from now when I first was, like, first found, like, the the woman who changed my life and made me an activist, you know? Right. And so I think that it, it, yeah, my life was just so much smaller. I thought that I was looking. F- I was again. You know, I was like thinking. You know, I thought that you know I would be. I thought that I would, have, like, I thought that I would feel so good with the education that I got. I thought that, yeah, it's it's so much smaller than I than what I actually am living, but that's because the world is a lot bigger than I ever imagined. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I'm grinning from ear to ear because that just like resonates with me you a lot um, in a similar place and it's so funny when I tell people that that I that I originally my plan originally was to work in musical theater and people look at me and they're like bitch what? like where though? you know I hate that and it's that. like why? <laughs> I hate that what do you hate about
1: it? because I hate that someone as smart with as with as wonderful as a voice both like Musically and just like as far as like the capacity you have to speak, that people look at you and say, "Oh, like how could you be on Broadway?"
0: Yeah, I had.
1: And I think that's a lot of the reason you know why what? I'm not on Broadway currently. Yeah. Is that that's anyone so can look at you and the way that you craft language, the way that you even even your abilities as an actress, and like everything that you possess inside of you, and that be seen as something that couldn't be on broadway
0: i had that's wild specifically i think and it's so funny because like i'm thinking about it now and it's like i had a teacher actually the the teacher primarily who taught me right and everybody (laughs) i had two really big influences in my life in regards to theater first was a man named paul meacham who used to run um a little theater and he ran an equity theater with a summer program for kids, and they did, like, actual plays. It wasn't, like, bye-bye birdie for the millionth time. Yeah. So that, like, everybody in the area could come see it. He, I remember him doing the Glass Menagerie, which was the first place that I ever saw the Glass Menagerie. Um, he did Proof, which, like, I was, like, 13, I think, when I saw that. And Proof, I loved, I really loved Proof at the time when I saw it. I vaguely.
1: really good in Proof.
0: Yeah? You think? Yeah. Proof is a good play. I liked Proof. Plur- I you liked it really a lot like when I did it. That. Or Pretty rather, when I saw movie, so. it, see, no, now this is Freudy, and I was like, I, I, liked it a lot when I did it, bitch. You never did it. Sit down. <laughs> I was like 13 when I saw Proof. He did a couple of Arthur Miller plays. He had done, the, I think, he did The Price. Um, he did Neil Simon. Which, he did um, Star Spangled Girl. I mean, a bunch of shit like that, right? And like, really went out of his way. Also, and the gravity of this never fully struck me until I got older. The state. It was a black box theater. In the most literal sense. And then the stage was shaped kind of like a home base. And it was just like a board, right? And that was like the play area, essentially. Mm-hmm. And every fucking play, every time, this man, by himself, would create a set model for himself. I mean, beautiful, about, you know, you small, but to scale, with the most intricate detail you can imagine. By himself. And then would make the fucking set... And would repaint the floor to match his set for every fucking show. And it was beautiful. And, like, it was, it's something that you don't really... The more you learn about theater and the ways that people do things, it's like the gravity of it didn't hit me until much later. And Mm. I was like, oh, my God. And in that sense that I feel very lucky that I got into a space with him. And he's still alive. He's, like, almost 90, I think. He's, like, 85 or something. But, like, and I just... Yeah, it's so weird to me to think of and i he actually planted the seed in me of being like people will go into theater he's like you might not have a lot of things you might not end up making a lot of money but it's go- whatever you do is going to make sense to you and it's going to make you happy and that was something that stuck with me the whole time and i was like all right and i don't know that i was thinking that that's what was stuck with me but that's what stuck with me but like alternatively another really big influence in my life which is what me getting into answering what you asked She was our high school teacher and I came into high school. She was our high school teacher. Everyone loved her. She had a reputation for being very, like, she had a reputation for being, like, very strict, but everybody loved her. And the shows that our high school put on in regards to, like, other high schools in the same region, like, whatever, whatever. We did really good shows, this, that, and the third. I was so excited to get into high school. This lady, I mean, everyone loved her and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was like no and she really like and I say this now because I understand that's what I understand it to be now right she had it out for me from the jump because I straight up she had the seniority system right which is always what happens and like it makes enough sense. Because it's like, you want the older kids to play things before they graduate, blah, 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 blah. And to me, it, like, makes sense because this is high school. Like, okay, fine. Like, I get it. But simultaneously, in keeping with that, I remember coming in as a freshman, having done theater outside, and being really excited and being in my first play, and this, that, and the third. And one of the leads, who was a junior at the time, this boy who had never done a play in his life, but he was a lead, whatever... She was, like, very anal about, like, really random shit. Like, oh, don't talk. Okay, like, I get it. I understand that. But it was, like, OD. And so she basically had the upperclassmen, like, the juniors and the seniors, kind of, like, watching out for all of us. And, like, keeping us in check, basically. And, like, they obviously, being the age that they were and feeling like they were given some semblance of, like, something. Yeah, exactly. Got a big joy out of that. And there was a junior one time who had addressed me and a friend of mine, my friend Dallas, actually, which is so funny, like, me thinking of him now because I haven't thought of him in a while. Like, I haven't spoken to him in a while. But, and, like, he said something that, like, pissed me off. Like, he was just blatantly disrespectful. And I was like, oh, no. And me not understanding, (laughs) me not understanding the way in which this actually worked went to her and I was like, listen, I don't mind listening to upperclassmen, that's fine, but I don't know who he thinks he is. (laughs) I straight up had a conversation with her, like, I pulled her to the side and I was like, this is the first show that he's ever done in his life. I'm sorry, where does he get off speaking to people like that? I was like, I don't mind, like, if you, I'm like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not, I'm like, not trying to be disrespectful, but simultaneously don't disrespect me. I was like, we all got here because we all did the same thing and you decided that we should all be here. So this concept of, like, that they have somehow more of a right to fucking, te- you know what I, I told her that? That was, and this is also me not understanding power dynamics at that point, sealed the deal for me. They tried it out for me the rest of high school in the sense that, like, I mean, and when we did The Crucible, The Crucible was, like, such a weird, like, awakening for me racially and, like... Con- like con- concepts of like so many things right because obviously I was fucking about like whatever and there's nothing wrong with that because now that I'm older there's so many ways to play that and that's just like you know like granted the way it was written and by whom it was written influences the way that it's going to like whatever taking that concept aside I just remember it was a constant struggle with her because she wanted me to do this like Aunt Jemima shit and like cry when the fucking... When... I think it's Reverend Paris, basically, is, like... I think it's Paris, or or is it Hawthorne? It's one of the fucking... I think it might be Hawthorne. I think it's Hawthorne, yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking of it, it is Hawthorne. Hawthorne is basically in the beginning, in the first scene of the play, where the... I forget what fucking girl it is that's, like, screaming her brains out, whatever, because all that play was was white girls I screaming... I saw with, Proctor with the devil. Literally, like... I saw Goody Pro- Oh, my God, I can't even get into it. Fucking
1: we are we are going to be I at a smooth hour and a half so like.
0: right so let me not <laughs> point being i in that first scene in the crucible when hawthorne is basically telling tituba to like repent and like you know essentially the white girls blame her for the bullshit that they're trying to pull mm-hmm. right which yeah. is the fucking point of the play or rather in that particular scene is where you see them kind of like cook this up because they realize that they're in trouble and then hashtag get out hashtag get out hashtag (laughs) ancient (laughs) change. like so point being in that scene even me i was 17 no i was 16 when i did the crucible even me being the age that i was in reading that i understood that and to me all the ways in which she tries because at first she's like no 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 no, and then she gradually is like okay wait and to me it felt very much like her adjusting to what was going on and being like how do i fucking save my ass in this situation she's very aware of what the fuck is happening and this woman wanted me to like scream and cry and like beg with hawthorne and i was just like no i that doesn't make sense to me like that legitimately does not make any sense to me I was like, like I'm sorry, and she didn't like that either, and it was just, like, it was just a weird-ass fucking experience, and, like, she tried, I felt like a lot of times she tried to take opportunities away from me because, like, I was in choir for a really long time, and this isn't me, like, gassing myself and being like, oh my god, like, I'm not trying to gas myself, I'm not trying to, like, blow myself up in that sense. I had a good voice. I had a good voice for being the age that I was and in comparison to some people who got things, like, when we were... Because uh, she was also the choir director and things like that. You know that? Comparatively. That, that
1: happened to that happened me. And, yeah. I mean, it happened because... <laughs> I'll tell this story really quickly since we're... No, do it, do it, do is it. This become us walking down memory lane. We may cut it, we may not. Who, enjoy, who the fuck enjoy knows? or not. Just whatever. Um, so, I, my theater teacher in high school was my stepfather.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and we what? had a very
1: complicated and fucked up relationship, and um. And uh, so I, I have always been, the way I am, and so you know I, of course you know wrote my senior show that like all of us did together. It was definitely the crowd favorite. Um, like when we you yeah, like done, my like, it was pop. Um, well, it was dying breed, episode. actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and like after the show was done, like the crowd exploded, and then like we couldn't even get to the dressing room after, like, get it backstage because people were attacking us. I like, live. And everyone said it was amazing, like in feedback. Also,
0: like, a di- I saw. I guess what is the, like the latest version of a dying yeah. breed. A dying breed is good as Thank fuck. You. Amazing. Thank Continue. You so much.
1: <laughs> 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 but um, like the one of my theater teachers was like, you need to get that copyrighted and you need to get it published as it is right now. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I did that, like, I, w- I choreographed and starred in the first musical that they had done in, like, since, like, the 80s. Um, I, like, I, I was, con- like, I was doing theater outside of there. I was do- like, I was constantly working right. in the theater. Constantly, constantly, constantly. And one of the things I had always, like, I had seen my, my good friend, and I've actually shared her article with you, my good friend, Brandy Burgess, mm-hmm. um, uh who I went to school high school with and I remember the first year that I was in the department I saw her win this award at the end of the year because like all the departments gave out right. a dozen awards and I watched her get this award and I just said to myself, that's what I want I, I want right. I want to be good enough to earn that mm-hmm. I want to be reach the end of my time here and I've earned that award yeah and and I worked and like, and it was never like I was working for the award, but it was like it was, was more it, it would, so. Like it would come up yeah. in the moments, and I would be like, "Work, work that extra mile because you need to be good enough to earn that," you know. And I had reached the end of the year. We were sitting there, and my stepfather is ta- is prese- like, "It's gone to that award." He's describing it. The way that he was describing the person who was receiving that award, literally, people were turning to me. Everyone was turning to me and smiling and like, you know, oh, we you know it's about to be you. And he announced someone else. <gasps> And this person, no. this person had, did no theater outside of the school. This person did none of, like, di- didn't even kind of, kind of reach my level. Every single like, literally, and there were people, like, from everyone was shocked. Right. The person who got it told me, like, I have no idea why I got this. You needed this. You deserved this. Like, literally. On, at, pulled literally, in
0: literally, a was like. Literally, uh, was like,
1: Beyonce, <laughs> <"F-> it's my <laughs> You've changed my, my life and the way you make my friends feel the way my, my black friends feel. <laughs> <is> <laughs> no but specifically. No, but like, my black like actually right. <laughs> The way you make my black friend feel is just awful, Jonathan. Fuck you. Ian, you deserve this award. No, it's just like it but it was like it was the latest moment and that was like it was such a, and that was such a, like, the, like and throughout my experience, there were moments that I was passed over for things, or I was looked over. Yeah. Like, despite how fucking hard I worked. And it's it it's just very interesting, I think, that, like, I don't know, I, I don't even know how we got to this per se, but I guess, like, I guess like, the, to bring it back to the original topic, it's just, like, what that does to young black and brown kids growing up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how, I had and how a big seed of doubt we, for a long time. And how we look forward, yeah. right? How we look forward for ourselves, where we look for ourselves, what we imagine ourselves to be able to do, you know, and how we have to yeah. do that in resistance to so much.
0: And this is why I was saying it. And this is why, because you were just like, how the fuck did we even get here? This is why I was saying this. Because I said to you, I thought, like I was, I had my sight set on doing musical theater. And basically, everybody would look at me like, okay. And you were like, that... And then what you said was, that makes no fucking sense to me, that people would react that way. And she... And it's so funny, because, like, and I was telling my mom this, like, not having acted for X amount of time, I was, like, actually really worried that it was not going to go well when I just did the show, like, a month ago or whatever. My mom was mm-hmm. like, that's silly. Like, relax. It was this... But, I mean, it planted a seed of doubt in my mind about what my ability was, mm-hmm. you know? And... I remember very specifically when I was going into college and when I was applying to colleges and I needed recommendation letters and because I was applying to theater programs, it seemed natural to me that I would go to her, being my high school teacher, her having spent the last four years with me. I did every single show that we could possibly do while I was in high school. So I did, we did two shows a year. I was in all eight my whole four years and... I remember telling her, oh, can you write me a recommendation? And she said, yeah, absolutely. And she did. But she said that she told her, si- uh, her sister, who actually also helped with our shows because she's an equity stage manager in the city and she was our set designer. And she said that she had told her sister and her sister's reaction was, she's trying to do musical theater? As if that was like so outlandish and like How did
1: you hear about this?
0: Because she told me. When Right, exactly. Why, you- why the fuck would you tell somebody that? And like me getting older, understanding and being like, who the fuck says that kind of shit? Who the fuck? Who says that? Who says that? Unless you're trying to like plant that seed of doubt. You understand? So I remember going and being like, oh, can you write me a da-da-da? Yeah, whatever. And in that same conversation, told me as that, she's saying that she'll that's like write a, write as she's it. saying that she'll write me the recommendation letter. Says that that was her sister's reaction, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, and like didn't quite know how to process that, but it like gave me a, a really uncomfortable feeling, and like I stayed with that. And it's just so yeah, like in keeping with what I would have planned for myself, like, that's what I was planning for myself at that point in time, which is just so fucking funny to me, like, coming into what I do now, I'm like, what I see myself continuing to do, mm-hmm. which is, like, I don't know what, but, like, what I am compelled to do is so much different than, like, what I thought I was going to be doing, you know? And, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Who's your babe of the day?
1: My Bay of the Day goes out to um, two incredible young twins who are not born from Beyonce, um, the McClure twins. Um, <gasps> if you know the McClure twins, which we do, um, and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, M-C, cap, capital M, lowercase C, capital C, L-U-R-E, uh, twins. And uh, they're just these... Uh, adorable little black girls whose hair is consistently slaying (laughs) just snatched for every level of god um and they are just so adorable and their mother just like does their hair lays their edges like just so beautifully (laughs) like a true truly aspirational and then they just wear matching outfits and talk and it's really really cute and they are um A consistent source of just, like, self-care and hope in the internet, which is a rare thing to find there. But, um, yeah, I just love them a lot. So they're Bay of the Day.
0: Yeah. Funny shit, because my Bay of the Day is actually a pair of twins as well. Oh. What are the odds? What are the odds?
1: Hey, girl. Hey. Hey.
0: Um, my Bay of the Day is, um, the musical duo at Which is Yoruba oh, for twins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, their names are Lisa and Naomi, and that's only because, like, they fucking, particularly, because I don't think Lisa is on Instagram by herself, but Naomi is, and, like, her Instagram fucking kills me, and she just posts these great pictures and was just, like, posting great pictures all week, and their album is really good. I don't know if you've listened to it. I believe it's self-titled, so there's like no I other name. I hear a like, lot name. about them, but don't actually know. It's them good, too much, and so they were featured in Sky. Lemonade as well for a little bit. And yep. then, I mean, the music's really good. They're really cool. Their Instagram is full of aesthetics that are aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetics that are aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. <laughs> um, yeah. So they're my Bay of the Day only because their music is good and because they kill everything.
1: Amazing. All right, so I'm doing our moment of silence today. I'm reading from an article um, written by Jessica McBride, featured on heavy.com. This week, we are remembering um, Richard Collins III. Um, The article is entitled Richard Collins III, Facts." Five Fast Facts You Need to Know. Um, I'm skipping the first half because it's a lot about um, the circumstances in which he died if you're not familiar with him um, we hope that you will hear his who he was and then um, learn more about the truly awful way in which he was taken from us and um, remember him and yeah alright so I'm reading uh, the second section um, I think we'll probably do the second and third. We'll see. Um, Two Collins was days from graduation and only recently commissioned to serve in the U.S. Army. Collins had a bright future ahead of him, and he was about to realize many dreams. Again and again, officials at the news conference on his murder praised his, his desire to serve. He would have graduated on May 23rd from Bowie State University. Um, according to Fox Five DC, Collins was recently commissioned as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. Um, the Baltimore Sun reports that Collins had just been in ROTC in college and had just been commissioned as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army's intelligence on Tuesday. Um, he was someone who was going to defend this country and this flag. Three friends and officials remembered Collins as a kind soul and national treasure. I don't want to take away from Richard in any way I do want to however highlight the ways in which his death is being painted um, because of his attachment to Mm -hmm. law enforcement and the government Um, but yes but continuing The special agent in charge of the FBI's Baltimore field office, Gordon Johnson, said in a news conference that Collins should be remembered as a national treasure. He added that people should remember that Collins was someone who raised his right hand to support and defend the Constitution of the United States as an officer in the United States Army. That means he was one who vowed to support and defend all of us. We should never forget that. One man wrote on Facebook, We may not have spoken that often lately, but you were definitely a friend, a friendly face, and a kind soul. You will be missed dearly by the Bowie State University community. Hashtag Bulldog Nation has gained another angel. Rest easy, bro. Maurice Gatling, director of retention at Bowie State University, wrote that Collins was his mentee and added, it is always hard to lose a student to a sense of death. I feel honored and blessed to have known 2nd Lieutenant Richard Collins. Rest in peace and may your light forever shine. Collins chillingly wrote, uh, no. He wrote in March, I'm proud to live in a country with a hard-nosed leader who understands it's imperative to protect American interests first. All right. Um, Yes. And uh, Collins had worked at Walmart and uh, as a golf course groundskeeper. All right. Um, Now a moment for Richard. Richard. Richard Collins third Presente. Yep.
0: I think that's what we've got for today.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think we aimed to have this be about 45 minutes. I think we failed dramatically. I think we desperately failed, but it's fine. It's fine. Next time we'll try. We'll try. try we'll try we'll just keep on trying.
1: We'll just keep on trying. Um, and uh, coming up is... Uh, it's not not created a magic i just want to say that though um but it is um by, uh, by any other name by any other name i uh, created performed and just generally made amazing by the wonderful folks over at cracked binding hey. um i will be hosting i'm very excited and very honored to have been chosen um yeah, you want to speak about it a little bit, Dave? Um,
0: yes, I think I don't think we touched on this last time, but we also have... I mean, I think we vaguely touched on it. Mm-hmm. We have music acts. So our music acts for this particular show... This is going to be more music-centric than our last event was. Um, but our music acts for this particular show are Oyer Noir, Canary Swords, and Nova Loose. You can find them all on social media, and I recommend, um, listening to their music beforehand, only because, like, it's good music, and it's nice to have new tunes to listen to, and simultaneously yeah. it'll kind of, like, prepare you to know what our vibe is gonna be for this event. Um, you can find Oya on Instagram at, at Oya Noir, Canary Swords at, at Canary Swords, and then, um, Nova is Nova Light, L-I-G-H-T-9, um, and they are all on, they are all on SoundCloud, and um oya is also on itunes spotify title um but i would recommend looking beforehand and just like subscribing and giving people support and stuff like that which is like you know always great and spectacular and it's like more for you than it is for me but um and then come see them live on the 15th because it's gonna be really awesome absolutely um much more is in brooklyn from 9 p.m to 12 a.m and the date um june 15th it's a thursday and it'll be $10 at the door, $8 ahead of time if you email crackbinding at gmail.com. Yay!
1: And as always, um, I don't think we say this every time, but as always, if you want to get in contact with us, yes. um, please email us at intheorydp at gmail.com. We are very interested in hearing from you if you want to book In Theory of the Show, if you want to book In Theory of the Podcast, or if you just want to ask a listener letter question or something like that. We would love to receive those. Um, I'm very interested in hearing who listens to the show what your thoughts are and any ways that you uh, are enjoying the show, wanting to see the show change or things like that. We probably won't change for you because who are you? But, um, you know, hey. Uh, <laughs> no, but we fair, would fair. actually, but we would really genuinely love to hear from you and if you have any questions that you would like us to answer, any topics that you want us to cover or if you'd like to be on the show itself, just hit us up and let us know, okay? We love you lots.
0: Whee! Bye. Bye.